Well, I'm not sure that we're ever going to get back to a normal level of operations. In fact, I've heard it called the new abnormal. Welcome to the Canadian Army Podcast. I'm Lieutenant Adam Morton, and today we're going to be talking about the Army's response to COVID-19. I'm here with Lieutenant General Wayne Eyre, Commander of the Canadian Army. G'day, sir. How are you doing, Adam? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for your uh, your willingness to uh, to lead this effort in uh, in launching a Canadian Army podcast. Thanks, sir. It's uh, it's going to be a great first episode, and we're hoping for many more. So, COVID nineteen has kind of given us an excuse to kick off this podcast. Why are we doing a podcast, and why are we doing it now? Well. The environment that we find ourselves in with COVID-19 has provided us an opportunity to experiment with different forms of communication. As we've realized as we've gone through this, uh, this emergency, the communication and the need to over-communicate is so important. I'm a big fan of podcasts myself. I, I subscribe to many. Uh, it's a great way of um, absorbing information uh, while you're concurrently doing something else, uh, whether it's PT, whether it's uh, uh, driving. Um, so it's a great way to, to further your own development and knowledge. And so here in Army headquarters, we've been using uh, a number of different methods to get the word out, to pass on key messages. And a, the podcast is just another tool in the toolbox that we want to experiment with. So I've instructed the uh, Army public affairs team here to make sure this podcast appeals to the broadest range of, uh, of members of our Army whether it's uh, regular, reserve, officers, uh, NCOs, NCMs, Anglophone, Francophone, uh, family members, spouses, kids, retired members, all part of our extended uh, Army family. So this is a big audience to reach, and not every episode will be specific to that audience. However, we hope to get a, a, a good enough uh, spectrum of different episodes that there will be something of interest to everybody. And, and some of these episodes will be tailored uh, to specific groups. And, and so I just want to uh, highlight that, especially now uh, during this time of crisis with COVID-19, it is so important to over-communicate. And this is just another venue for us to pass on messages and allow those out there who are physically distancing to remain connected to our, our Army. I find it really interesting that you uh, mentioned kind of the new mechanisms of communication, kind of the over-communication that's been taking place. And we kind of see that in how the interactions have changed between the chain of command. And now, you know, members on the ground level are receiving uh, communication directly from the top, either from the CAF or the Army level. How do you feel about that change in the way we communicate, do you think that has an impact on the chain of command's capacity of doing what they need to do? Is it better to be able to have those direct comms? So I can see both sides of the uh, of the argument here, uh, but this is really nothing new as those at the, the top level have always put out uh, whether it's speeches or, or other forms of communication. And a podcast is just another form of, of that communication, and it's not a substitute for the chain of command, which absolutely has to take primacy. So as I mentioned, in, uh, in times of crises, we need to over-communicate. And I'm a believer that the more times you hear a message through different uh, forms, the more likely you, you are to internalize that message. So our podcasts, our videos, our other online messaging are just meant to supplement and, and help explain our overall intent. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
and leaders at all levels should not be be threatened by that. Uh, and what we pass out at this level is is more intent. And, you know, there can be some specifics uh, that are part of that uh, uh, that message, but generally it's overall intent that commanders at every level, as orders are filtered down the chain of command, uh, they scale those orders and they make them applicable to their local set of uh, circumstances. So uh, there should be no incongruence between uh, what the CDS says, what I say, uh, what gets passed down to division commanders, and then applied uh, by the chain of command down the chain. And so the chain of command always has primacy here. Uh, so once again, social media, podcasts, uh, the like, they're, they're all meant to complement and not compete with the chain of command. And that makes a lot of sense because, you know, there is definitely a difference between, you know, issuing orders and having, uh, you know, a regular kind of conversation like we're having where we can kind of talk about ideas and, and it's good for, or from my perspective anyways, it seems good that, you know, troops also get to be involved and witness kind of the, the conversation that takes place before a 17-page op order gets dropped or something along those lines. So the current state as it is uh, for COVID-19 for the Army and kind of our emergency response to it, uh, we've kind of adapted our communication methods, but we've done a couple other things also. Um, you know, non-critical staff, uh, are not coming into work, bases have been partially shut down. People are working from home now, which is uh, something that's a relatively new evolution and even things that have been kind of a, a constant within army life, such as active posting season or APS for people who've never heard that term before, um, is being extended even into October now. Um, are, are you, happy with the way that the army has been responding to this? I'm very happy with the way that the army has responded to this unprecedented situation. You know, back in, in January and in, in February, we had uh, no idea uh, as to the magnitude of this, and there are still significant uncertainties out there. Uh, so by, by putting a large portion of the army on standby to support Op Laser, and forming virtual or, or assembled task forces has been, uh, in, in my view, a success. Now, we haven't been called upon uh, to provide the large number of forces that, uh, that were a potential back, uh, back at that time, but we're not out of this yet. You know, and likewise, the, uh, the climate has cooperated. So we haven't seen the flooding uh, that we've seen in previous years. And, and so we've been very lucky from that perspective. But that being said, we have stood ready. Uh, ready to respond, and we remain in that posture. Now, I'm also very happy that the force protection measures that we put in place have been uh, well adhered to. If you take a look at the infection rate of COVID across the Army, we are significantly lower than the rest of, uh, of the population. And that, that shows to me that uh, what we've put in place for health force protection is, is working, and we've got to keep it up. Now, I know with OpLaser, we've been surprised with some of the tasks that we've received uh, so far. Uh, very non-traditional ones for an organization that is, is optimized to close with and destroy the enemy. Um, but that being said, uh, we are putting on this uniform, uh, subjects us to ultimate liability, part and parcel of which is conducting all operations that the uh, government deems uh, appropriate for us. And so whether it's going overseas and doing our nation's bidding or back home protecting Canadians, that is our role. 
our soldiers have embraced this spirit of uh, service above self, uh, the spirit of community service, and I'm extremely proud of, of the work that our, uh, our, our members are doing. But this pandemic ha- has had a huge impact on our country and our army. And we've taken extraordinary measures to, uh, to deal with it. Uh, we ceased training. We, we significantly cut down on the number of uh, headquarters staff that were, were coming into work. To the degree possible, we've been teleworking, working from, uh, from home using technology. Uh, but this is having an impact on our readiness, and we do need to, uh, uh, to get back to ensuring that we are ready to respond to all contingencies. Um, our posting plot has very much slowed down. And so posting messages are flowing now. Very shortly, we're going to get some some direction out on conduct of house hunting trips and how the uh, posting season will unfold. And it'll be a long posting season. Uh, it'll go right up until December um, to make sure that we can move in a safe and, and well-disciplined manner. So this is an unprecedented situation, at least uh, during the time that we've served. And there are lots of unknowns. And so going through this is going to take a degree of patience uh, to deal with the uh, inevitable frustrations that are out there. Sir, you made a comment, and uh, maybe if you'd be willing to expand on that. I know most troops are familiar with the concept of unlimited liability and kind of it's always in the back of our minds as, as we do our, our tasks and duties that, you know, we can be exposed to greater risk than the average person. Can you just elaborate a little bit on that for perhaps civilians who may not be familiar with that concept, what that means? Yes, we put this uniform on. Uh, we are expected to, uh, to serve our country. And in many cases, that means undertaking... Uh, tasks or missions that put ourselves at risk for the greater good. That's all about service. That's all about service to this country uh, to make sure that our national interests and values are are protected. And and most of all, our people, our citizens are protected here at home. Great. Thanks. So, we're we're kind of in this emergency mode right now. Again, we're, we're kind of preserving the force, as you mentioned. Eventually, we're going to have to resume our normal level of operations. What's that process going to look like for us? Well, I'm not sure that we're ever going to get back to a normal level of operations. In fact, uh, I've heard it called the new abnormal. Um, But we are putting significant planning into getting the machine going again. And and I expect to get orders out on this uh, over the course of the uh, the next week or, or so. Uh, But this is going to change the way we do business um, significantly. But as we get back to to ensuring that our routine functions are able to get done, we're going to take a very disciplined and incremental approach to ensure that our readiness is is protected, is is built, maintained, and our forces are able to go off and do what what we're needed for, Um, whether that's overseas or, or here at home. Uh, so that's readiness to fight an adversary on short notice. That's readiness to conduct domestic operations. That's uh, readiness to go do the variety of missions that we expect overseas. Uh, so where does that readiness come from? Well, it's rooted in our doctrine, um, but it's, it's built through training, uh, through ensuring our equipment is ready, and through making sure we got people in the right place to do the work. We are an essential service uh, for the protection and uh, the defense of Canada, and we have to view ourselves as such. 
Um, so as we turn the machine back on, I, I like to use the analogy of an NHL team. You know, very appropriate for us as, as Canadians. Um, and, and you think of an NHL team that's about to compete in the playoffs, but all of a sudden gets shut down, gets sent home. Uh, some of them get employed on other tasks, uh, you know, filling sandbags, for example. But they're not skating. They're, they're uh, not, for the most part, interacting face to face with their teammates. Uh, so after several months, they're rusty. You know, their timing is off. They may have forgotten the plays from their playbooks. So you wouldn't expect them to get right back on the ice and play, uh, play a playoff game. Uh, there's going to be work to do to get them up to that level. Uh, they need to train individually. They need to get their skating and, and stick handling and puck handling skills uh, uh, back to standard. They need time to do this as individuals, as, uh, as a group, and as, as a team. But also the rest of the machine has been uh, not at work. So the coaching staff, all of the support staff, their, their medical staff, and then the pipeline, uh, the, the farm teams that provide them the, uh, the additional players. They've not been playing or, or generating players either. Uh, so that system has to be turned back on. So you can see there's a huge analogy, uh, very appropriate analogy for what we do in the uh, Canadian Army. Um, to be able to answer the call in this dangerous, volatile, and unpredictable world. So we've got to be smart about how we do this. It's got to be a deliberate, phased, and prioritized approach to how we do this. We're looking at doing this in a number of steps. And of course, it's going to be in a, a COVID-active environment. So we've got to have the force health protection measures in place. So what we're doing right now is making sure that we've got the conditions in place the training, the drills, um, the planning to, uh, to be able to, to resume the machine. And that's going to be the second stage is we have a, a gradual uh, return to, uh, to work, uh, more and more people into the workplace observing these, these measures, undertaking some of the prioritized functions uh, that we, we need to uh, accomplish. After which, and I expect the... Uh, the time between the second phase and the third phase, or the second stage and the third stage, to be relatively short, we're going to start uh, our individual training. Um, we've got to get the training machine, the personal production pipeline, going again to ensure that we've got the, uh, the personnel strength. Uh, so our BMQs, our DP1s, our PLQs, both on the regular and reserve side, uh, to ensure that we've got the people. We've got to continue to grow junior leaders and you're going to see a focus on that carry on into the fall as well. Um, I'm very, very keen on getting our reserve uh, individual training going again. Uh, it'll be in much more decentralized manner across the country. But we've got many uh, non-BMQ qualified recruits out there that we can't employ on a Class C, that we need to get trained so that they uh, this, themselves can be employed and we can, we can continue to, uh, to grow our reserves. You know, likewise, on the regular force, we have many who are uh, personnel awaiting training uh, that we need to get back onto their DP1 training so that they get qualified. As we uh, restart the Canadian Forces uh, Leadership and Recruit School in, in Saint-Jean as well, you know, given um, the COVID environment, some of that BMQ training will have to be decentralized. And we're actively looking at how we're going to do that as well to bring some of that BMQ training into the Army. Uh, but this approach is going to be conditions-based. 
and it's going to be asymmetric across the country as as local situations dictate. So you can see training restart, you can see our business restart in some parts of the country, whereas in others it may lag a little bit. We've got to have the battle drills in place. If uh, we have a second wave, if we have a resurgence of, of COVID infections, what immediate actions do we need to take in case we have uh, infections in some of our uh, student body, uh, some of the, the candidates going through courses? How do we immediately isolate them to uh, preserve the force protection, preserve the health of the rest of the, uh, the group so we can continue on with that training? This is really going to be that new abnormal. So the drills that we have, the force protection measures that we take, uh, the physical distancing, uh, that's all going to continue. So our medical experts, uh, the Canadian Army uh, surgeon, they've all played an integral part in developing this plan. And we're going to do everything we can uh, to keep our, our military and civilian um, staff uh, safe as we build this readiness. Now, you made a mention earlier on also of, of being ready and having that level of readiness. Pretty much, there's not a single soldier in the world who hasn't stood around in a circle at one point and discuss, discuss the philosophy of how the military works. And I think one of the challenges that we face on an ongoing basis is kind of the uncertainty of the future. Whereas in maybe, for example, different organizations would have a, a clear objective of what's to happen next and how to get there. Uh, I kind of see from what you've been saying that, you know, we don't always know what's next, but we must be ready to respond to what's next. No, that is absolutely true. So this uncertainty in the bigger scheme of things is is not new. Uh, military in our role, the Army in our role has always faced a degree of uncertainty because let's remember, the enemy gets a vote. And whether that enemy is human or viral in nature, uh, we have to be able to respond. That's right. The enemy always gets a vote. So, sir, do you have any uh, final thoughts for uh, people out there listening, whether it be civilian or military? Yeah, I've got a, a couple of final thoughts here. We're going to be in this for some time. And so resiliency is absolutely critical. Take care of yourself. Take care of your families. Uh, stay resilient. Use this time to, uh, to keep your immune system strong with, with uh, daily physical activity, good nutrition, good sleep, uh, healthy social activities where you can connect uh, with your, your peers and friends as you can. This is going to take significant discipline and vigilance, uh, which we are known for. And so, so keep it up, stay disciplined, uh, observe the health force protection measures, and be ready. All right, perfect. Well, thanks very much, sir. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. This has been the Canadian Army Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. Also, don't forget our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And don't forget to leave that feedback. We're going to try and make shows about things that you're interested in. So if you have an idea, don't hesitate to shoot it to us either through those platforms or via the email address also listed in the podcast description. Stay frosty.